0: Hey everyone, for this week's episode of the Three Things Podcast, I have Todd Bumgardner, the co-founder of Strength Faction, a professional community that I'm a part of that gets mentioned more times than not in this podcast. Todd goes deep on all three subjects, so I highly recommend you go grab your notebook right now, seriously, like go get your notebook and really enjoy this episode. Background as to who you are, what you do, why you do it, and where you're currently doing it from.
1: Oh well, wow. okay, sure, man. Well, uh, so first, of course, there's there's the uh, I have to say thanks for having me on. I appreciate you having me on, man. So I know that you've been uh, a strength faction member for Jesus, probably over two years now, something like two years. So you've given me a lot of support over uh, over the over that time and, and i appreciate that a lot and i'm i'm happy to be here and do this with you and i appreciate you asking me so thanks man so me uh this is this this i know it's like everybody says i hate talking about myself and and a lot i don't like it either i'm I'm actually one of those people where it's like sit down <laughs> so i mean basically i'm just uh i'm just like a, a hick from central pennsylvania i fly fish i hunt um and i play my guitar those are Three of my favorite things to do. Right now, I live in, in Northern Virginia, and my business partner, Chris Merritt, and I, who also is one of the, the co founders and owners of Strength Faction, uh, we run a gym called Beyond Strength Performance Nova, which is a mostly semi private training gym. Um, we train a lot of different types of people, which is, is pretty cool. Um, and we run Strength Faction, which, of course, is our professional and personal development coaching program for. Uh, other personal trainers and strength coaches. And it's it's been a real big passion project for us, and it's awesome. Um, I also work with a federal tactical law enforcement unit. Um, and I work with their new recruits and help them through their – their. Uh, they have like a whole year-long process of, of being integrated into the, the teams that they'll eventually work on. Um, and I work with the new guys and kind of help them up with their PT. And essentially, I think my biggest role is to keep them healthy as they as they go through that year because it's pretty grueling. Um, and then from there I do gigs where I teach workshops for Equinox. Um, so I go and do different workshops. I I do coaching stuff. So just coaching psychology, philosophy, all that kind of stuff. And also, um, the bench or not the bench. I don't do the bench anymore, just the squat and the deadlift. And, uh, that's pretty much what I do mostly. And then why I do it, uh, there's a, you know, Chris and I had this conversation. It, It took some years to kind of bring out exactly what it is and, and be able to put it into words and articulate it. Um, but we have this philosophy that, that backs up both of our businesses. Um, lot, more than both of our, all three or four of our businesses. And that's, that's human development for development's sake. And that's why I do what I do. Um, and I, and it just happens to be that fitness is the conduit because that's what I've done for the longest. I mean, I, I started lifting weights when I was 12 years old um, to get ready for football and, I saw what it did for me, um, not only just, you know, physically, but also psychologically for some, I started to pay attention to that. Like I just I felt better and um, I had more confidence and I just transformed in a lot of different ways because of, of, of training. And, you know, I, we don't necessarily have to get into it. If we don't, if you don't want to, I didn't have the best childhood. And it was one of those things that was always kind of a staple there for me through my early preteen and teen years that kind of kept my head on straight and um, I wanted to kind of be able to give those things and, and that means of progression to other people. So that's really what got me into this industry and keeps me there. Cause it's uh, it's one of those things where I'm like a very interested guy. Like I want to do other things like there are other businesses that I want to start. Um, you know, like actually Chris and I just talked last week, like we want to do a venue where we sell like local wine and beer, but also it's like a music venue for like local, performing artists and that's something that's on the horizon for us there's wineries and breweries I want to get into back home in Pennsylvania but the one thing that I know is I'll always have something in the fitness industry because of of how training and everything has affected me personally so
0: that's awesome that's awesome that's uh maybe the best introduction of who what when where why you do it uh anyone's given 20 whatever 28 episodes in Um, that's cool for those of you that are listening, I, I'm out, so I'm in my car. Uh, Todd is outside. We're both rocking iPod headphones. Uh, it's, it's just about as face to face through a phone or a computer as you can get. Um, so Todd, I want to start with this. Uh, the first of the three things, I guess if you're, so your undergraduate education is in psychology
1: mm-hmm.
0: and that's definitely maybe the biggest surprise that I've learned or, understood over almost oh I think my two-year anniversary in strength action will be this upcoming January was one how important that is um outside of of coaching movement which I think most people think fitness and personal training and being a strength coach is and that's absolutely part of the job but really an appreciation for how how that the quote-unquote other stuff the psychological aspects of of coaching people and working with people is and getting to the chase. Now with my first thing, and I don't even know if you, if you think this is a correct statement, but at what point should a young trainer or someone new to the industry kind of make the switch from, okay, I'm pretty good at coaching movement. Now I need to really focus on coaching the other stuff Mm. and actually coaching people rather than coaching movement. If that makes sense.
1: Yeah. Um that's a good question. That's a really that's a really layered question. I was in, no, Oh, sorry. Go ahead, go ahead, buddy. What's up?
0: I was just say for the for the longest time and I've been coaching for pushing 10 years now. Yeah. Um and I mean it wasn't literally until I started strength action that I was like, "Hey, you know what? I've have been missing this the whole like I've been missing this. It was yeah. you got people come in, we got here's your program, sets, reps here's how you squat. Here's how you deadlift. Here's how you do a getup, whatever it is. But you know, these concepts we talk about in strength action, like, like this week, it was gabbing. You guys have put on a lot of information, things like, um, you know, you had your coaching psychology and the pillars of coaching psychology webinar uh, yesterday, you know, like when should a, tr- a trainer really start to be like, okay, how do I interact with people better? Is it, is it a competency thing like on the floor or is it just when you your appreciation for it changes? Like when, yeah. like, I know you obviously are a big part of it, but
1: I, I think it's from know. the beginning. Um, <laughs> uh, so I think that's something that gets missed. So it's funny. We, at the end of, of yesterday's webinar, there was a lady and she was, she had got to see uh, Mike and I speak in Chicago at the end of last year. And she mentioned how yesterday she said about how, you know, she, she's new to personal training. She just got certified last year, you know, and all of the certifications, um, people are talking about now they're like human connection and, and culture and on all of these things are buzzwords. So the certifications are talking about them, but they don't tell you what to do. You know what I mean? And that's, and that's the, that's the thing where I think that we do things a little bit differently. So I, and I'm saying that because, you know, for new people getting certified, like you're getting this information, it's like you should connect with your clients. You should figure out, you know, not necessarily figure out, but work on the, the soft skills and the, and the interpersonal skills and, and have that understanding of people uh, from the get-go. I, I think, it's, I think it's, uh, it's concurrent with the understanding of exercises and, and everything like that and how to coach movement and, and, and all of those things. But I think the thing about it is is a lot of times um, it's almost like you have one domain of like competency to work on. And then that gives you confidence and then you can expand out to other things. So what I mean when I say that is, I think a lot of times when people jump into this industry, their heads are kind of spinning because everything seems so complex. It's, you know, how do I pick the right exercise? How do I know how many sets and reps they should do? And on and on and on down the line. And I think people have a hard time solving that problem. So it becomes very, very, very important to them. So they focus their time on that because that's where they're so confused. And that's where they feel like there's a lot of holes for them. And they miss out on the human element of things and they just put an over importance on on the 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 whatever it's programming or coaching movement, any either one of those things. Um and they miss out on the human element. But then there's this other swing now where it's like people are focused too much on the human element and they're not good enough at coaching, and it's just like you're very nice and people like being around you, but you don't actually know what you're doing. So I, I think it's it's a concurrent thing. I think you have to I think it starts with just having a philosophy of like, well, why am I doing this? And and understanding that, you know, you're working with people. This isn't about just being smart and having the X's and O's and understanding something like that's, that's useless. It's, it's useless unless you can apply it in the right situation. And it only gets applied in the right situation if you really understand people and the people that you're working with and why you're doing what you're doing. So I think it's some of those, one of those things where it's like, it has to be a part of things right away for you. And really understanding because it seems tough to connect in that situation because, you know, especially if you're new because you're new to this situation. A client is new to working with a trainer. You're both trying to figure a ton of shit out. And like so both of your heads are kind of swimming. So it's like you need those soft skills up front. And some people are innately born with them. It just kind of happens. But you need to be able to understand what questions to ask of people how to interact, what's going to motivate someone and not saying like you're responsible for motivating someone. Cause I don't think as coaches and trainers, we are at all responsible for motivation. Like that's the, that's the client's job. We just create the environment for them to find that in. Um, but I think that's the thing is, is it has to be upfront because you can't do one without the other. They, they're too intermingled.
0: Yeah. Yeah. What, Now, if some, you know, say, and, and this is, you know, the situation that I was, I was in, I I work at a commercial gym. Um, It's not, I guess you could say it's a big box gym, but it's more of like a big multifaceted health club um, in Northern Vermont. And like, where would it be a good place to start? Obviously I'm biased. You're probably a little biased. Strength action does this, but say you're 25, you're listening to this and you're like, man. I'm kind of curious and maybe I've been missing the ball. What would be a good place, like some resources that you found that have really helped you or that you often like refer people to, to kind of get into those softer skills and just kind of get a little, like a little, little, little dip, a little foot in the, in the pool a little bit.
1: I mean the, 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 the first book that I think a lot of people should start with in that context it, I mean is old. It's how to win friends and influence people. Like start there. If you've never done anything where you're like working on it, because especially when you're, you're 25 or 20, you know, you're just out of school. It's like, you've got a lot of problems to solve all at once, right? Like like you're a real person. Now you've got to learn how to do this job. Like there's, there's a lot of shit going on. <laughs> so um, I think it's just a very simple book. It's a time tested book. It's been around for probably 70 or 80 years and maybe longer, probably 70 or 80 years. And it's just practical stuff that you wouldn't think would seem all that important, but, it it's, it really is i mean i remember i'm being like 23 when i read that book for the first time and it like i literally felt like it lifted a fog off my brain like i i had a different perspective on what i needed to do and 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 essentially it just it teaches you to just interact with people the way that that we should because you know it's especially in our in our setting because it's not about us like we just happen to be you know one of the things that 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 I said in the webinar yesterday and I've, I've really worked into my presentations and everything now is that, you know, being sure that you keep the perspective that you are the guide and not the hero. The client is the hero. You are the guide. This isn't about us. This is about helping people put themselves in the best positions to be successful. And that book really helps you change your mindset to, to really figure out, you know, how should I talk to people? What would people be interested in? What would make people actually want to be around me? And, and I think that that's a really good place to start, especially because, and this isn't, I'm not, I don't I'm going to sound like an old curmudgeony man. I'm not even old, but <laughs> like a lot of times, and this is just observation people that are 25 and younger right now have a hard time with social interaction. A lot of times, like they don't know those skills are kind of rough and, and it's a very shallow level of, 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 of social, I guess, just social interaction. And, and so books like that could really save somebody that's interested in really doing well at this because, you know, we can't, especially if you're a one-on-one trainer, like group, like if you just run big group programs, you could probably get away with not having a certain level of depth of interaction. But if you run a semi-private or a, a personal training program, you can't get away without having a good set of social skills. Maybe you can, but you're not going to do as good as you could. And, you know, you're not going to be able to produce the results for people if you if you don't have those skills. So you can't avoid them. And I think it's something that really goes underdeveloped in a lot of colleges and um, even just it's not addressed enough in in our in our industry and it's really it's really lackluster so you get out and you think you know everything because you went to college and and then you get out and you realize all that shit they taught me in college doesn't actually work and isn't all that applicable here and and then you just miss out then you jump into this other world like I said where you're worried about the the movement and everything else too much and there's just that one little focus that you could take to to make everything better. And that's just developing your people skills. And I think it really just start with that book, like start with that book and then go from there. Um, and, and then having a basic understanding of, of actually what people do to motivate themselves and what environments motivate people. And I think why we do what we do by Edward Desi would be a good book. It's not, I mean, it's a, it's a little technical. It's not super technical. It has some good stories in it, but you really start to understand like the basic psychological needs that people have, which are autonomy, competence and relatedness based on self-determination theory. And it holds up a lot. It holds up a lot. So I think if if somebody could get those two books in, I think they'd be in much better shape.
0: I agree. How to win friends and influence people. Dale Carnegie, the first book I ever read post-graduation of college. And I was super pissed. I didn't read it when I was in high school
1: because I really
0: think, I really think that that book, like, 15, 16 years old, 17 years old, if you can read it and then read it like every two years afterwards, as your perspective changes, like that's, I buy it for like kids that I train that are graduating high school or graduating college. I, I typically buy that book. It's like 10 bucks at Barnes and Noble. And, and it, it, like, it literally, just, it was actually, if it wasn't for Parisi. That was one of the required reading books, Five Dysfunctions of a Team, How to Win Friends and Influence People and Raving Fans were the three books that were required reading to go to Parisi um, training back in, it was like 2011. So um, I was like, I instantly read it. I was like, wow, I'm pissed that I didn't get to read that when I was like 20 years old or or 19, 18 years old going into college. Um, So kind of switching gears here and you, you touched on a little bit, you have like multiple businesses. You're in the process of writing two books, I believe. I don't know. if I know it's at least one, I think it's two books. Got a lot of things going on. Talk to me about productivity a little bit and what you do that works really well and just kind of how you find balance with work as well as like you said, fly fishing, your dog, your guitar. Um, I always see like you have like your bike now you're riding your bike all over Virginia. Seems like, Um, like what is productivity to you and how do you, how, how do you stay productive?
1: Mm. I mean, I think think the first thing to realize and for people to be realistic is that there are ebbs and flows. Like there are some days where you're going to hit a home run and there are other days where you're going to hit a single and you just have to understand that if you just keep showing up, like that's the important thing. You know, um, I have a goal of writing a thousand words every day for the coaching book that I'm working on. It doesn't happen every day. There are days where I write 3000 words and there are days where I sit down and I can get about 300 out. But it's just I think the process of, of of showing up every day is really what makes it happen and just realizing that you're not going to have your absolute best every day, but you just have to give the best that you have each day. And, and that's kind of how productivity works. It's And I'm, I think from there, it's just, you know, I think the biggest thing is, is it comes down to priorities and commitments. What do you actually want to do? Because, I mean, I think a lot of times we get caught up in the hubbub of pro- productivity, productivity. But, yeah, but for what? And I think if you don't really have your priorities set and know why you're doing what you're doing, you're not going to be all that productive because it just, it doesn't matter. Like being busy for busy sake is like this thing that's heralded lately, and especially in our industry. And it's like, well, it's horse shit because it's, you know, you're just being busy. It's just like, it, it, it's just, I don't know. It's like a masturbatory process. You're just, you're not doing anything. You're just busy and that's silly. And I I, I don't want to live my life that way. Um, I remember being like 24 and 25 and thinking that's what it was. And that's what you got to do and blah, blah, blah. And it it screwed up a lot of things in my life. Like I lost relationships. I didn't get to do things I wanted to do. Like I I got behind on other things that I wanted to do. And, and it's just silly. So I think it's just starts with priorities and it's like, okay, so this is what I actually want and and this is what I'm going to do about it. And then just do those things and make them simple and make them easy to do and just make it so you can continue to show up. So that's, I mean, that's productivity to me. It's like, you know, I, I, I'm not going to sit here and tell you, like, I, you know, you look at people like Mark Fisher and, and stuff like that and how organized their lives are and they're these time ninjas and they work from this to this and they're not done until nine o'clock at night. And it's like, I'll be honest with you. I don't want my life to be like that. Like, I don't want that. And it's, it's not ever who I want to be. Um, and I think a lot of people out there agree with me uh but they look at, at figures like that and i love mark mark's a friend of mine so don't think i'm talking shit. like mark is just he's wired differently than most people he's not like most
0: there's people. only one mark fisher
1: yeah and mark uh, and mark's a great dude it, he he really is but i don't think i don't want to be like mark and i don't think most people do but they look at mark and they're like well that's the pinnacle i need to be like that and it's like no you fucking don't um you don't need to be like that what do you want to do what do you want to be like and and then you can find your sweet spot for productivity. And I think besides having, so it's what we say so far, it's an ebbs and flow. And we have to realize that you got to know what your priorities are. You just got to keep showing up and, and that's kind of how it works. And then from there, it's giving yourself downtime. Like one of the best things that, that I've done for myself is realizing that the work's going to be there tomorrow. When I get home at night, unless there's something very, very pressing that I have to do that has to be done there's a very tight deadline. I come home and I don't work anymore. I just, I'm done for the day. I, when I walk through the door, I make myself thinner. I play guitar. I fool around with my dog. I do the things that I want to do at night because you need that buffer zone because I've been the person that works from six o'clock in the morning until 10 o'clock at night. I've done it. I did it for years and I did it up until geez, maybe even last year or something. And it, it just doesn't, unless you're super wired that way, and it is the absolute main priority in your life and there's nothing else for you, it's going to, bad things are going to happen. Like you're going to get burnout, which I think still happens to people that are wired for it and they don't give themselves enough of a break. You got to cut them back. You're going to lose relationships. Like you're not going to be that happy. Like I've done all of that. I've burnout. out. I've lost relationships. I, I haven't had the things in my life that I wanted. I wasn't enjoying myself that much. Um, but I had, you know, I had, I started up a business and and I, and I think that some things to keep in mind are like there are periods where you're gonna work ten to twelve hours a day, but it can't be all the time like when you're starting up a business like sometimes that's how things are like I think I don't know if you've ever read the four hour work week by Tim Ferriss, but I think one of the disservices that he does in that book is that he just kind of glosses over the the twelve to fourteen hours a day he was working to get his business off the ground and like heralds this four hour work week. It's like, well, no, you don't get to skip that part. But what yeah. you have to have an understanding of is like, it's not sustainable and you have to be clear and you have to communicate with the people that you do want in your life or just realize that maybe you shouldn't have a bunch of people in your life that are reliant on you from like maybe a romantic standpoint or anything um, when you're doing something like that. Um, but I, I think that's it is, is understand the ebb and flows, having your priorities um, and show up and give yourself give yourself some time off and give yourself breaks because it's going to, you need that, you need that space to kind of refuel and and create some productivity for yourself. And then from there, it's just like creating within all of that, having some structure and some routines. So like getting shit out of your head. So that, you know, you have to do setting priorities based on what you know it is that you have to do. And then fitting that into some kind of weekly structure at at least because, you know, one of the things that I love to say is that you can't, you can't edit a sentence until you have the sentence. So let's say you plan out your week and you write it in and maybe it's ended up not going to work. But well, if you didn't have it set up to edit it, then you never would have had everything going in the direction in the first place. And then everything's still kind of out in the ether and you can't do anything with it. But if you have it down on paper, you have it in your schedule, it's easier to move things than it is to try to just conjure them up and make them happen. Um, So for me, that's, that's productivity is like, it's hitting your deadlines. Like I honestly, I've every goal that I've set this so far for this year I've hit. And I mean, I'm not gonna, I don't work more than most people. I mean, I do my, I do, I get a lot of work done in a shorter amount of time because of of what I know that I want in my life and what my priorities are. But I mean, it's just following structures like that. It's just, it's really, it's just, it's showing up. It's just showing up every day and taking stock of yourself and having some self-awareness and realizing that, well, today I, I, I'm going to, you know, you can feel it, you know, when you can just fly through right in 2,500 words and they're gone, it's like, boom, this is what I have today. And we don't have that capacity, not beating the hell out of yourself for it because it's not going to be there every day. You know what I mean? You're not going to, you're not going to do it every day. And I think if the the combination of those few things are are really helpful for figuring out what productivity is for you, what you actually want. And I, I think that's the biggest thing to just come back to that. It's like, it really just rests on figuring out what the hell that you want. Like, if if you want a wife and kids and you want those kind of things and and or you you want to just be a single person that that uh, works forever, like figuring out where that is for you and and trying to project yourself forward into the future, like it's never going to work out exactly as you plan, but you got to try to project self yourself forward so you can order exactly what you're going to do right now. And I think it's figuring out that that element of what you want, and then you can set priorities, and then you can figure out what productivity is. Because otherwise, you're just being busy to be busy, and that's that's just silly. It's not that's not a way to live life, in my estimate.
0: Yeah, yeah, love that. That's an extremely detailed answer right there. Um, those listening that maybe kind of are now questioning, like, am I being busy or am I productive? I would re-listen to that, and then I would absolutely start with like those those things that Todd is talking about about identifying what you what you, you want to get out of it. Because that's, that's huge. That's where people kind of miss, I think, like, you know, I was talking to Joe Gambino. Um, you know, we were, we were talking about just how he was able to kind of like go through, like planning a wedding and, and his couple businesses he was running. And, and he said, that actually, the first thing I think you said, too, was like, just be okay with knowing you're not going to get everything done. And like, you know, just get what you can get and and just keep keep trucking like just keep going Just show up just keep doing it. said like the dan john punch the clock like you know not every training session is going to be the best show up punch the clock and eventually that home run is going to hit uh yeah. I, I love that that's just, that's that was awesome
1: yeah um, I, show up show up but sorry go ahead last question go ahead. no
0: you're good no you're good um I kind of have to pee. I've been drinking a lot of coffee. This is this is a tough <laughs> tough part of morning morning recording. I have to drink a lot of you coffee. Gotta hold it on,
1: man. You got you ask me another question like that. You're in for a long. time. <laughs> you going to holding it for a little bit.
0: Um, okay. So last last of the three things. Um, so and you didn't really talk about this when in your intro, but like, and I, and I, this is kind of like most trainers, but obviously like whether it be like from your days at RTS or the first edition of BSP to the second edition of BSP to now where strength Faction's going and all the different layers and, and things you guys are doing with strength Faction, And I, I mean, I don't, I don't want to assume anything, but I'm going to assume a little bit here. It, it seems like you've kind of evolved and grown at each stop along the way. Um And that's maybe like, maybe just how I I. I perceive it um, maybe you don't think it's been as as linear as as it may have like it looks but what would be kind of like your your advice to just getting the most out of where you're at you know mm-hmm. like I'm sure there's people listening to this and they're like yep I'm here and I, it's it's working for me now but it's not exactly where I want to be but I need to extrapolate the, the most I can out of this where I'm at now and then when I am at my next Endeavor, next place, next thing, whatever that might be, I'm able to kind of, you know, take those skills with me and then kind of evolve into the next thing. Mm. Um, And I I don't know if that makes sense, but just even like, even just in Strength Faction over the last two years, like it started as this coaching program and now you guys have like the in-depth coaching program. You guys are like putting out more information than ever. Like you've revamped the program in the two years that I've been there. It's it's more in-depth now, it's more robust. I don't know if it feels like that for you but like can you talk about that a little bit just to kind of you know, you i know froze. we both froze that's so the good news is i was once upon a time a dj and i can edit all of this out
1: yeah good or i can I leave it
0: in because i was i was talking to you still did you <laughs> no, what I did you catch
1: i don't know if it recorded I, I i think uh the last thing you said is uh just asking about the stops along the way um and how strength factions evolved and become so, more, so much more robust over the past two years and then you kind of cut out from there like said i said something about like you know, an evolution, it seems like, right? Something like that.
0: Yeah, it just seems like, you know, and maybe, I don't know if you felt this way, but like that you've evolved over each stop along your coaching timeline and, and even where you're at now. Like, can you just talk a little bit about that? Yeah. Does it seem like you have?
1: I feel, I mean, absolutely. I mean, uh, and, and I think that you said something about the, for, you know, maybe someone that's not exactly where they want to be, but they're somewhere right now. Um, I, I think the biggest thing is, the the biggest a lot of people say that the 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 most valuable thing that we have is time and i think time is the most second valuable thing we have the most valuable thing that we have is our attention and paying attention is is really it so paying attention to yourself paying attention to what it is that you think that you want or you'd like direction you'd like to go and paying attention to what's going on around you and i think that those are and paying attention to other people and how you interact with them and, and what it seems like you want they want from you and what you can do to help make their lives better Um, because we're nothing without our relationships so i think it just it just boils down to attention and sometimes um that attention is direct and in the moment and sometimes it's turning your attention backwards to to looking at what you've done and for me it's always it's always been i'm very it's really weird because i'm an i'm an extrovert without a doubt, but I'm a very introspective person. And I spend a lot of time evaluating myself, evaluating what I've done, listening to what other people tell me that I did and not getting offended when someone, someone tells me that I messed up. Um, so those are the things that the the attention is the big thing. It's like paying attention to what's going on to yourself, to this situation, to how you're interacting, all of those things. And I think that's a really big, a really big start. So, I mean, and from someone that's, that's, um, not exactly where they want to be, but want to be somewhere else. I think it's that attention, but it's also, it's like remember that you're making a choice because I think a lot of times when people get into a situation and it's not necessarily what they want or they don't think it's perfect for them, they start to find all the bad shit. They start to find all the things that can nag on them and wear on them. And then it turns into this very dark process where you, you see things as worse than they really are. And you stop being able to contribute to a situation and, and also um, you stop being able to contribute and you stop being able to see the good and, and be able to get out of a situation what you need. Um, so I think that's the biggest thing is like realizing that no matter what you're there to contribute and, and being able to, what you to do, what you can do to make things better and you're there to learn. So there's always something that you're going to be able to take away um, and to keep that important and to realize that like, even in some of the shittiest situations there's a lesson there and it's going to come back and hit you later. There are lessons that I learned when I was 23 or 24 years old that I didn't realize until I was 30, 31. And, and that's just kind of how the world works and it's a process. Um, and being able to look back and pay attention helps a ton with that. So, I mean, so if you're not really where you're at, right, want to be right now, you still have to be grateful for the situation that you're in. And I think it really starts with that. It's like, especially for people in our field, like, you know, let's say you're hypothetically a one-on-one trainer at a really shitty commercial gym, you're not getting paid what you want to get paid. It's like, well, okay, I can sit there and be bitter about this or I can realize a couple things. First, I've made the choice to be here and every day that I keep showing up, I continue to make the choice to be there. That's on no one but you. You can walk out that door and leave anytime you want. Um, The second thing is you're working and you're learning if you're paying attention and getting what you need out of the situation. Like you can learn. I mean, one of the best things and Chris and I talk about this all the time. One of the best things I think people can do is at least spend some time doing one-on-one training. You learn so much about yourself. You learn so much about people and how to interact, like just jumping into group or semi-private I think is often a mistake. Um, So you're in this situation and you're, you're not getting paid. The place kind of sucks. So you remember it's a choice. You remember that you're still learning and you just pay attention and you take what you can out of the situation. And you find the bright spots because it's going to pay dividends for you at summit. And, you know, I think it's just realizing that it's like, it's also, it's a choice and you have to be grateful about it because you realize if, if you take responsibility that I keep putting myself in this situation rather than my boss sucks or this sucks or that sucks, like you disempower yourself when you start to think about everybody else, like this situation sucks. It's like, well, you're, you're the idiot that keeps putting yourself there. Keep that in mind.
0: <laughs> and the second
1: thing is, you know, um, Sorry, there's a plane flying over. It's probably getting kind of loud. That's um, fine. You know, we train people for money. Like, that's what we do for money. Like, you could be doing anything else in the world. You could be, you could be a, a, a port-a-potty repair repair person or you could clean port, rep, port, port-a-potties. You could do anything. You could be doing the most heinous job in the world. You train people to help them make their lives better. And when you keep that perspective in mind, it's like, geez, man, things aren't so bad, you know? And I, and I think like, I'm not saying just be satisfied and take it on the chin if you're, if you're not being valued as much as you should be, but also like really establish what your value is. Like it's, the, the reality is, is like, and this is, might sound arrogant when I say this, like if you're a 23 or 24, 25 year old person coming out of college as a trainer, or just have that much of experience, you're not as valuable as I am. There's just no way. You shouldn't be paid the same. And you have to realize that it's okay to have to earn something. And this is to be a part of like a meritocracy where you earn your way forward. And the only way to do that is to be grateful for the situation you're in, to pay attention, to learn, and to contribute as much to a situation as you can. Because you know, no matter what, like if you walk away from a bad place and they have a bad taste in their mouth about you, and you have your bad taste in your mouth about them, that bridge is burnt. And no matter what, like even if you're in a place, in a situation that you don't want to be in, you got to make sure that you do your best to contribute to it and leave or do whatever you can on good terms because they can still look on you positively. And it's still a situation where you can take something from and move forward. So I think that that's just really something to think about that will help people evolve. And I'll be honest with you, I haven't always been the best about that in my life, but it's a it's a it's a mistake that, I've made that I'm like, I, I won't make that mistake anymore because it's just, it's just not good for anybody. But I really think it all just boils down to paying attention, paying attention to yourself, to the situation, what you can give to it, what you can take from it, how you're interacting with other people, what's going on with you. And, and when you can pay attention to that kind of level at that, at like that multidimensional level, I think that's how you evolve to grow and to be not only a better coach or, or better business person, but just a, a better person in general.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, that definitely, you know, like I think that that and this whole conversation is so important for really anyone at any point in, in their career, if they, if they've got questions, you know, and, and that was actually a really good answer. And I really appreciate you you layering out that, that um, to those kind of levels. I think actually Justin Rabinowitz posted his whiteboard whim today was on attention. There you go. Um, very timely. Check out, uh, at strive to move Justin Rabinowitz, former podcast guest on this podcast because I stole him from your podcast. He's um, awesome. <laughs> He's uh, todd Bumgardner, where is the best place for people to find more Todd Bumgardner? This information will definitely be in the show notes. Um, but like wh- where do you, I want more Todd? Where do I go?
1: Uh, yeah. I mean, you can email me. It's Todd at beyondstrengthperformance.com. Um, I'm on, I'm on the Facebook I got that. Just search Todd Bumgarner. And then Strength Faction, we have our, our Instagram page, which is at Strength Faction. StrengthFaction.com is the website. Um, and there's a Strength Faction Facebook page as well. So you search any of those and, and you'll be able to get in touch with me. So
0: That's awesome. Thank you, sir, so much for taking the time on this lovely Friday morning. Um, I am sure this won't be our last conversation since you and I talk all the time on, on the online's But uh, I really appreciate you taking the time, Todd, to come on. This is uh, definitely one of my favorite conversations I've had, and I really appreciate it.
1: Well, I'm happy to hear that, man. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it.